This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, as we mentioned, today begins the first ever Bitcoin ETF exchange traded fund. Trading platform ProShares gets the honor of opening the door to this new world. Now, this is obviously not the trading of actual Bitcoin, but these are futures contracts, which trade on regulated markets like the CME. It's at least to now, it's the boldest statement yet by regulators that Bitcoin is here to stay. Craig Salm is vice president of legal with Grayscale Investments and joins us to take a look at this. Craig, thanks for a few moments today. Hi, Dan. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on the show. Long time listener. Well, thank you. Uh, this feels like it's been a while in the in the making at this point. Where along the line could you sense that we were actually going to get to a point of having a Bitcoin ETF? So, you know, at Grayscale, we've long said that a Bitcoin ETF is not a matter of if, but a matter of when. And today's news that the first Bitcoin ETF started trading is certainly exciting and a major validation for the industry as a whole. But we continue to believe that an ETF that holds physical or spot Bitcoin, which is what our Grayscale Bitcoin Trust today does, is really the more efficient way to get access to this investment class. So we know there's been a lot of uh, interest around Bitcoin and cryptocurrency in general. How much do you expect that there will be for the ETFs? So one of the great things about an ETF is it continues to offer more access and exposure to a given asset class since it trades on a national securities exchange and becomes available to a whole host of new types of investors, such as 401ks, retirement plans, and other institutional investors like that. In the meantime, there's other investment vehicles that have been around. Our Grayscale Bitcoin Trust trades under the ticker symbol GBTC. And that product is open to retail investors as well, but it's not quite an ETF yet. And that's one of the steps we took today to begin that process of converting it to an ETF by having the New York Stock Exchange file uh, something called a 19B4, which begins the process of converting that product to an ETF. What do you think that then having this investment component will mean for the regulatory side of cryptocurrency as we move forward? We continue to be impressed with the level of engagement that we're getting from regulators uh, that's coming from the SEC, our securities regulator, as well as the CFTC, the commodities futures regulator here in the U.S. And Grayscale maintains a very open and proactive dialogue with them. Um, It's tough being a regulator in this industry since it is very innovative and new, and they are focus on the dual task of, one, wanting to help promote and facilitate that innovation so we can take advantage of all the benefits and gains, while also protecting investors since there are new risks. And it's important that we're doing a good job of balancing those two considerations and being thoughtful about how we consider regulating this asset class. But again, you know, bringing products like an ETF into the regulatory perimeter that do offer exposure to Bitcoin. And, you know, this is just the start for cryptocurrency. There'll be other types of digital currency ETFs in the future. Bringing them within the regulatory perimeter is great at facilitating capital formation and also protecting investors in this asset class. So so you answered a question I wanted to ask you anyway, is whether or not we would see an expansion beyond Bitcoin. So your belief is that we will see uh, other types of of investments in around digital currency in these other uh, options that are out there right now. 
Absolutely. Bitcoin was the first digital currency, and it offered a way to transfer, hold, and receive you know, what a lot of folks are calling a sort of digital gold in the digital world. The next important digital currency we saw was Ethereum, which allows for more complex types of transactions. And now we're also seeing even more innovation in something called decentralized finance or DeFi, which layers on top of digital currency transactions things like exchange and derivative and synthetic assets and insurance. And at Grayscale, we're continuing to see investors wanting to diversify into those different asset classes and use cases. And that's why we offer not just our Grayscale Bitcoin Trust, which provides 100% exposure to Bitcoin, but we also have a Grayscale Ethereum Trust. We also have a Grayscale DeFi Fund, as well as 13 other products that provide different types of exposure to different types of assets. There are obviously those uh, that are out there that are skeptical uh, still around Bitcoin and, and cryptocurrency in general. Uh, uh, most recently, Jamie Dimon being uh, probably one of the most vocal uh, around this. What do you say to the skeptics out there that have these concerns about uh, about cryptocurrency? I think this asset class certainly comes with its risks, but so too does any new and innovative technology you know, in the early days, you'll see a lot of computer scientists and engineers and, and technologists and venture capitalists are really the first ones to get involved and realize the promise of any new innovation, and they start to experiment with it. And then gradually we see the asset class become more mainstream as different folks in different types of industries realize where these use cases can apply. So I think it's natural that you would have folks in traditional finance be a little bit skeptical or concerned about it since it's new and it potentially disrupts their own industries. But, you know, even with folks like Jamie Dimon, he's still continuing to allow his clients to gain exposure to the asset class because whether his personal views are for or against it, he still clearly sees that this asset class is here to stay. And events like today with the first Bitcoin Fuse DTF, I think are for further validation of the fact that it really is here to stay. Right, and, and certainly the the uh, the interest is there. I mean, the the reports are that uh, that uh, first ETF up about three percent in early trading on the NYSE. So uh, the the interest has has been there. I think right, you know, really over the last several years around cryptocurrency, and it's going to be interesting to see how you know having this in, in an ETF and and trading on the New York Stock Exchange really you know kind of changes the mindset, changes the landscape around cryptocurrency. Yeah. Yeah, and that interest was here well before we had the first futures-based ETF today. Our Grayscale Bitcoin Trust is has an AUM of, call it $40 billion today, even without the first ETF. And yeah. once we are successful in converting GBTC to an ETF, it will immediately become the largest Bitcoin ETF in the world. But in the meantime, it has a very large AUM. Um, if you compare it to other commodity-based ETFs like the Spider Gold Trust, it's one or two places behind it. It has almost 700,000 accounts on retail brokerage platforms around the country. So the demand and interest is certainly there. And you know, again, the, the validation that we're seeing today is certainly very exciting. So we're very excited for what's to come. Does, does Grayscale have a timeline now on uh, when you could be converting that, uh, that trust into an ETF? That's a great question. Today's filing of a, called a 19B4 which is what the New York Stock Exchange filed on our behalf 
to list and trade shares of GBTC on their exchange. That kicks off a 240-day review period where the SEC is able to comment and review our application, and uh, that just begins the process. It also opens up the ability for anybody to submit their feedback to the filing, you know, whether they believe that this should be approved or what concerns they might have. So we're excited to see this process open and begin that engagement with the commission. So if I'm doing my my math correctly, we're looking uh, uh, probably at least mid-June at this point. I believe that math is correct, yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Good. I didn't want to fail on that. It, it, what has been the most what has been the most intriguing thing for you and, and for Grayscale in seeing this process play out, especially in the, in, in the recent period because of the level of interest? For me personally, the most interesting thing has been to see the level of engagement and understanding from our regulators evolve over the years. We're no longer going in and having what we would call Bitcoin 101s, if you will. The level of questions that we're getting asked in terms of how is the asset used, how does the blockchain work, what level of transparency does it offer, what sort of risk does it pose, but also what risk does it eliminate, for instance. Cryptocurrency gets rid of intermediaries that have been so ingrained in the traditional finance world. And with that, you see a lot of uh, risk removed, which increases the ability to use these asset classes in new and very exciting ways. And the fact that we're having that conversation with our regulators, which, you know, again, they have a tough job in any new industry because of what they want to protect investors from, but also allow for the facilitation of this innovation to grow. And so the evolution of their interests continues to amaze me personally. All right. Greg, greatly appreciate a few moments, and uh, we will catch up with you guys as uh, things get closer towards uh, your ETF. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much, Dan. Take care. Thank you. Craig Solom, who is uh, Vice President of Legal with Grayscale Investments. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.